Hello and welcome into another edition of Buck the World. We are back from a short sabbatical. We took to mourn the end of the Bucks NBA season. Um, how much of the finals did you even watch, Bill? Not enough. Yeah. I watched maybe four out of the six games. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good product for the most part. I don't enjoy seeing Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson get injured, but I think the ramifications for the league are interesting at a minimum i think more teams will feel like they're in it this year just because there's not that chainsaw of golden state or that buzzsaw rather um no the buzzsaw is the lakers now what are you talking about <laughs> the lakers have acquired uh anthony davis since we last podcasted uh um, this is the first time you're hearing it uh, i don't know what you do with your life <laughs> how you find our podcast <laughs> but you're here <laughs> um so they gave up a lot for him. They gave up a bunch of first-round picks. Apparently, so, pick swaps do if room if rumor is true, and we'll learn more yeah. later. Basically, a Nets type haul or Nets Celtics type haul, I should say. But Anthony Davis is twenty-six, not thirty-six, like Kevin Garnett was when they gave up that haul. Wow, was he so, really thirty-six at the time? Man, he was up there. He was he was thirty-five or thirty-four. He was quite old. Oh. He literally retired like two years later. Like, I'm not even sure he finished that first contract. But here we are. Uh, let's talk about sort of what we want to talk about today is this idea of how do the Bucks replicate the success they had this year. They can't bring everybody back. Right now, it seems really unlikely that it would be possible to bring everybody back unless almost everybody takes a huge discount, which you and should never move. assume that people take discounts. And they get and, off the two bad deals that they have left on the team. Yeah. And at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, who do they want back? Who do they not want back? Um, the majority of the Bucks were good last year. The one guy that I wouldn't want back is Pau Gasol. And I don't think he'll what? come back. You're crazy. Come back. <laughs> You're crazy. You want Pau Gasol back. I do not want Pau Gasol. You, want, you don't want the culture? <laughs> uh, I don't enjoy culture? people telling me about culture. <laughs> the Bucks have a great culture. I hated that. Too. I saw that. Between you and somebody, and I, it drove me. And I was like, "No, yeah. stop." <laughs> um, culture is something that losing teams build. It's not something that sixty teams, sixty win teams build. The only w reason we need to build culture is if Giannis leaves. As long as we have Giannis, we perpetually have our culture. Um, that's the perk of having a superstar. You notice how they never say that LeBron James needs to acquire a thirty-nine-year-old dude to build a culture. <laughs> um, yeah, but isn't that why they kept uh, uh, Chris? Uh, the the bird, Birdman, Chris Anderson <laughs> wasn't he their culture with the heat? No, that's probably why they kept Udonis Haslam. But Udonis Haslam is basically dead. So he's played five. <laughs> he's played five hundred minutes the last three seasons combined. And Eric Spolstra said we would like to bring him back for another year. Five hundred minutes the last three seasons. That's culture combined. That's culture. I just That's don't cool. get it. People, the suggestion people always make is just stick him on your bench, like, like make him a coach. And I think there's limits to how many coaches you can have. But like, also, just have the guy hang out at shooting, shoot around every day, and give him a hundred thousand dollars. Like puzzling. I'm not gonna it, lie. I feel the same way about Nick. Uh, help me, Oklahoma City Thunder. Nick Collison, but yeah, he's Nick actually Collison. retired now. Yeah, he finally is, but then there was all this hate. And they, it they was li funny. They literally like, retired his jersey, and he scored like five thousand points in the NBA. Like, I'm pretty sure Eric Bledsoe has scored almost that many points as a buck. Like, <laughs> I I don't understand the Nick Collison love, but uh, I do know that if you go after him on 
Twitter, you might as well uh, declare yourself dead. So do not go after Nick Hall's on Twitter. <laughs> Oklahoma City fans are crazy. Like, I have like eight of them that follow me, and I'm like, I literally hate both of your star players. I don't know why you do this to yourself. Um, and <laughs> hey, like, I, I love tweet... their, fa- their passion, though. They got that small town oh, passion. Yeah. I, it's I love terrific, it. but it's not for me. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the Bucks. I think the crux of the Bucks offseason, the sort of linchpin, the biggest cog in the wheel is Nikola Miritic. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's Chris Middleton. Uh, do not let anybody tell you that it's not Chris Middleton. If somebody pretends that it's not Chris Middleton, Julius Randle, tell them, <laughs> tell, tell them that they are on drugs and you need them to be serious with you right now. And if they still pretend it's not Chris Middleton, cut their basketball opinions out of their your life. Um, the only way that letting Chris Middleton walk is okay is if you believe the Bucs can sign Kawhi Leonard, in which case the Bucs would have to waive the rights to Malcolm Brogdon, the rights to Nikola Miritich, Pat Connaughton, Sterling Brown, and then, just then, they can offer Kawhi the chance to take a huge discount and come play for your Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, my God. Which he obviously wants to do. Why would he want to stay in Toronto, where he well, just Milwaukee won a title, like... or sign in L.A., where he's from, yeah. when he can come here and make less money playing for a team that no longer has any shooting and just has Eric Bledsoe and Giannis Antetokounmpo on its roster. Oh, it Perfect. is frustrating because the that extension, man, it's, so, it's, it's, it's limited their ability to do things. It's frustrating. but So their options are to either re-sign Chris Middleton or be much worse next year. I vote in the year that Giannis will be eligible for his Supermax the year before, I should say, that we do not become significantly worse. And in fact, we retain Chris Middleton. What are your thoughts on the subject? <laughs> Set him up and I'll <laughs> knock him down. Um, I mean, I, I echo everything you said. I mean, we're, we're just, we're just, you know, kind of circle jerking each other right now. Cause like, I, I agree with that. There's, I, I mean, <clears throat> There's really nothing else to be said. Like Chris Middleton is so important, and and you know it, it's he'll it'll never change the perception of him as a player with certain fans who undervalue him perpetually. So I, not with the money he's gonna get. Yeah, especially with no, especially with the money, it's actually gonna become even louder and probably so annoying. I have a let me tell you this. I have a rule on Twitter that I don't. It's not a rule, but I don't I don't really block or mute people because. It feels like I'm stifling. Like I, I, just, I just ignore it. it. Feels like I'm stifling myself and them. But I think I'm gonna block and mute Chris Milton things this upcoming season after we sign him because it's gonna get really annoying. So what is he? Let's here. Let's lay it out. Like let's 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 be frank. What is his max contract going to entail year by year? Like what's gonna his salary gonna end up being? Do you know? I, I believe the first year salary is thirty two point five million, and I believe it escalates if you do the five year max. I believe the fifth year would be forty million. They, I mean, they're going to try to do the four year max, right? Not five. It, right. It it doesn't really matter. Okay. I, I mean, like, I guess you don't want to pay that fifth year because he'll be thirty two, but like he'll be thirty three or thirty two. It's not the end of the thirty two. Isn't a bad honestly. Thirty two no, is yeah. a good year for a player like, like him. Uh, like you probably don't want to pay Chris Middleton forty million dollars, and but that's one year. Like it's you, a five you, year, it's a five wanna... year one hundred ninety million dollar deal, and it, it would escalate throughout the course of it. The most you can pay him in the first year is thirty two point five. If I was the Bucks, 
I would see if he would take five for um, like 175. I would start him at like 29 million instead, just because it gives you a lot more flexibility this summer. Um, more or less, if the Bucks want to retain the full mid-level exception, which they can use over the cap to sign a player for up to 9.1 million, mm-hmm. they have to spend less than 46 million on free agents. So, um, and that 46 million is roughly a ballpark number, assuming some other things fall into place. Um, so with that said, if you want to sign Malcolm Brogdon and you sign Chris to his full year max, you would only have about 14 million to do so in that first year. You could escalate it over the course of the contract, but if you're matching a contract, then you can't do that. And every million that you go over that is 1 million less that you can offer somebody with a mid-level exception, which is the only way that they can offer Brooke Lopez more yes. than the minimum. That's, which is why it's important. Yeah. <clears throat> like it, that's that's why I kind of I, I kind of think that they're they're going to be looking to use that 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 thirtieth pick. I after I mean they're not going to trade the pick. They can't technically trade the pick, but they're going to trade the player. I really I mean the more I think about it, like just to give themselves some breathing room between Brogdon. I mean it really is like it's sort of it. I mean let, let's just. Before I start rambling, like, let, let, let's rank importance. Obviously, Middleton is by far the number one key key retention that they need to do in the off season. But who's what's your number two through? Uh, they have six free agents, right? Well, six if when they renounce George Hill. But uh, like rank them for me, and like and then really and don't just don't just quantify like really gap them out in uh, in terms of their importance in your opinion. Pau Gasol is last. <laughs> oh, um, I forgot about him. <laughs> How dare oh, then I? I? Then I might be forgetting about somebody else. But Nikola Mirotic would be second to last for me. He didn't perform in the playoffs, and in general, mm-hmm. I wasn't as high on his defense as maybe some other people were. Like I think me. his shooting's valuable, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, he plays the same position as Giannis, and we haven't really seen a coach that wants to go to center Giannis lineups, so I don't want to make free agent acquisitions based on the, an idea that the coach does not share. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, George Hill would be my fourth guy. I love George Hill, but I think you so have to say that Brooke Lopez is better than him. And I think that you can get good point guard play from a handful of guys. Um, I'm not saying it's necessarily likely or anything that you'll replicate what he gave you. But if you are re-signing Malcolm Brogdon, the importance of George Hill becomes a lot less. So I would like to also re-sign Brooke Lopez. He would be mm-hmm. my third guy. I mm-hmm. I, I, oh, so Brogdon's more important to you than, than I, retaining Lopez? They're about the same. I think okay. Lopez would probably be more important, but I could go back and forth on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Actually, I do think Lopez is more important. But they're not really taking up the same money necessarily. Like in the mm-hmm. scenario I outlaid, they would. But like that's also he's Middleton's restri- he's money and stuff like that. You but can keep him under almost any circumstance. So. That, that 46 million number could go up to 53 million if they were able to find a taker into cap space for Sonny Elisova, or if they were able to give up maybe the 30th pick and then Sonny Elisova, that would create 9 million because the 30th pick would be owed about 1.9, I believe, as a rookie. Maybe yeah, I got that written somewhere if we need to look specifically at it, but I think that's right. So, so. those numbers matter. I don't want to get too bogged down in the numbers, but that's mm-hmm. basically how I feel. Does your list look any different? You know, from a Middleton first 
Lopez second, Brogdon third, then Hill, then Miritich, then Gasol. I mean, I mean, not at all. It's it's more personal biases. Like I think you and I are slightly different. I'm I am irrationally I irrationally still like. Nikola Mirotic a lot. I think he's underrated defensively, and I understand he struggled with the Bucks immensely. And your point about the Giannis center uh, dynamics uh, is is really important because uh, it's not something that they've committed to heavily. And you also have Urson on the roster, and you also have you know DJ Wilson, who I think both of us are big fans of his and really want to see him step up next year. So like as much as I like Nikola Mirotic, the only way I would want him back on the Bucks is if they moved Urson. Like they would have to do that. Otherwise it's like completely pointless to retain him because he's gonna be he's gonna be commanding probably like 10 million per I I would imagine in the open market. I could be wrong. Maybe it's a little less, but we'll three see. years, 30 million. I, I don't think anybody's given them three years. You think? Oh, you you think they're going to go with two? To I, quote a certain podcast, years over dollars. Years over dollars. If you mean for teams, but but yeah. the player, I think he's fine because he's still pretty young. So I don't think it's like I think dollars are fine for him at this point in his in his career. But I think like a player like Lopez, for example, might be looking for a multi year deal. I'm not sure because he's injury prone. Uh, a center Lopez at his injury prone. You can't. You can't injury prone no. for the last six years. That's, Come on. You you can't you can't erase those devastating injuries he had, he had way back two, when. Okay. Then Al Horford's injury prone because he tore tore his triceps when he was in his third year with Atlanta. Like, come on. It's I, and so was Chris Middleton. We shouldn't sign him either. I no. It's you different with big men. Injury prone. If you're in your first few years in the league and you get injured, like that's part of growing. Like a lot of guys get hurt their first few years in the league and then never struggle with it. It was after. it was was it ankle stuff with Lopez back in the year uh, back in the day? It was like three years of ankle stuff. Yeah, I I believe it was, but I'm if pulling it, it up just to. The f- fact is, he's big- played more than seventy games the last five seasons. Yes. And he played 82 his first three years. Then he had one bad year. And then he played 74 the next year. And then he had another bad year. So he's played 10 NBA seasons. And he's had... Like, no, 11 NBA seasons. And he's had two where he didn't play 70 games. You're right. But the reality is big men... Big men like him don't last as long. Especially when they have injury issues. Like... Met, guys that are his age don't tend like that big. He's so massive. Like he's fighting against like human evolution. Like he, I'm just saying it's a risk to sign a a guy as big as him North of 30 with a previous, I know they're a long time ago. I just think it's still something you have to think about. Like it's, Versus signing another guy of the same age who's not seven foot three and like three or three hundred pounds, there's just wear and tear there. I mean, putting him—he—he's not in the paint as much, so he's not getting beat up on. But I mean, that's whatever. That's besides the point. But, anyways, uh, Miritich, for the reasons I basically listed, especially if you if you retain Lopez, like he just there isn't really a spot for him. He struggled. I, I don't think. I don't think there's a world where he's on the Bucks like at all, and I don't think they they're pondering him either. Hill, Hill is I 
man, I loved Hill Hill's play so much for the Bucks. Hill He had a Hill, really good playoffs too. Hill rescued the Bucks from their play their point guard problem where they had Bledsoe just on multiple occasions play like complete ass. Like and you know, and now they double down on Bledsoe. So I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I really want them to try to figure out a way to get Hill back. Um even with and, and again, my biases tend to dictate that I'm not a huge fan of Brogdon's game. I think he I think he's the perfect I think he's he's a really great player, but I don't know if he elevates the team that much because he's not like a big shooter. He's not like a big time passer. He's a guy who can uh, find lanes and get to the rim pretty well. Like uh, he sh- shoots at a high percentage, but vol- his volume isn't good. Like we we've talked about this stuff in spades before. So like a, a guy like Hill who rescues us from Bledsoe like that's what he did <laughs> he almost feels kind of necessary because Brogdon's not doing what Hill did in terms of as a point guard and Hill again isn't much of a shooter either so I wanted <sighs> to look at how many threes Brogdon attempted a game just to see how much it increased this year it went from 3.4 under last year's offense to 3.8 this year <laughs> it's bad man yeah, but hey, even when you hey, normalize at four thirty six, it went from four to four point eight. Like that's no, not a big increase. And that's that's Brogdon. He's got that freaking release. It's not it's it's weird. No, it's not but, just the release. He passes up a lot of shots that he should probably take because he thinks he could drive. Yeah. And to be I fair, think he was the, a little the, better in the playoffs. That's what I was gonna say. When he returned from injury, he looked kind like he was not passing on open shots. He was being more decisive. He was passing a bit more. He was dribbling less. He was morphing into a shooting guard that would pair next to uh, better, like perfect next to Giannis, but he'll never be the guy what we want to be. And the reality is Bledsoe, <laughs> like I'm, I am Bledsoe a little scared. Selection is like, Bledsoe, like you pairing Bledsoe and Brogdon next to Giannis. That's not like, that's not the guard tandem you want. Like you need somebody who can shoot at volume. And so like, I want to commit to Brogdon too. And I know he's a restricted free agent, but he's, he's definitely, you know, if there's a, like, he's definitely not even close to as important as Lopez for me. And, and, you know, I think Lopez may have been a little overrated to end the season uh, because like, you know, when I I believe the team post all-star break, their defensive rating wasn't nearly as good as it was, or, as it was pre All Star break, you know, some people attribute that to DJ Wilson, but I'm not gonna, not gonna say that's true. That's a that's a little tough to do, so I'm not gonna do that. It's a number of factors, but I mean, I'm I'm actually a little worried that replicate after what we saw from Bledsoe and then having Brogdon as like, how do you feel about that? I'm rambling. How do you feel about Brogdon, Bledsoe with Giannis, the shooting, Bledsoe's playoff play, Brogdon? <laughs> Probably going to be overpaid. I, I was going to ask you where Bloodsoe would rank on this list if he was entering free agency. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think pre, the answer pre, would be just above Miritich. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, I would rather have George Hill back as the starting point guard. Yeah. <laughs> Bloodsoe was so good defensively, but how how important is it to is have it, a point guard who's George Hill's fine defensively? It's not like fine. he shut down Kyle Lowry. Like, I, unless you have Kawhi Leonard on defense, I don't think anybody's defense is that important it's, on ball. It, 
on ball. It, and and you're right. No, and I really don't think point guard defense is that important. Like I think interior defense is much more important. And I think team defense from guards is like we we've again a discussion we've had before, but honestly, that's a great question. Like looking at Bledsoe. Um, you know, pre-playoff Bledsoe, where would he rank? Like if the playoffs never happened, if they didn't make the playoffs and and they never also extended him. Third. He, he would be third, uh, Middleton, Lopez, Bledsoe. Um, and I thought the extension at the time was a pretty good value deal. Uh, but, but that's where you were po- wrong. Post-playoff. <laughs> the only good thing about it is that it's lower than his cap hold would have been. So yeah. that, that frees up some space but they an extra have... $2 million. But if they, but they would have gotten him? him lower for a price, yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. But if they, they were going to commit to that first, and somebody else, I don't know. The yeah. Lakers might have been dumb enough to offer him four for eighty million because Rich Paul. Yeah. After yeah. they miss out on Kemba and Kyrie, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So that's sort of our free agents. Um, let's say they bring back Brogdon, Middleton, and Lopez, but they lose out on everybody else um what's your biggest priority for this team to try and sign uh, guard 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 okay <laughs> i mean okay I, I, dante could improve i don't know <laughs> they yeah. need shooting man <laughs> they need shooting yeah i i wonder if if they do keep the 30th pick there are some guys there that are sort of just shooters like guys like uh, if I say anybody's college name, are you even going to know him? Nope. <laughs> uh, I'll just toss out some names. Uh, Ty okay. Jerome from Virginia, Carson Edwards from Purdue. Um, guys that were really just volume shooters. Like Carson Edwards might have attempted like, I'm going to Google it so I don't just say something, but he shot a lot of threes and he was I, very good at shooting them. I uh, I believe you. <laughs> I, will do, um, I will do some research before our draft pod, uh, I promise. Um, I mean, that's great, but... He attempted 10.63 a game. I was going to say it was eight. So 10.6 in a fucking college game? That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he First of all, he was their guy. He played 36 of the 40 minutes. But, yeah, and you know, he last year he had better players around him, so his usage was a lot lower. But uh, this year it was 37%, and he had a 54% true shooting. Last year he had a 60% true shooting. That's really interesting. So you can actually look at him as, in this low usage role, possibly as a catch and shoot guy. And maybe now he's more of a pull-up guy. Like, is there yeah, the dick? He's both. So that's kind of cool. You get the sample size that you can look at as a shooter before he enters oh, the NBA. Yeah. I know they say that your three point percentage sort of normalizes after 700 attempts. He had 763 in college last year. He was 135 for 380. Like that's a lot of threes to make. In a Wait, what, but can he hit free throws? I just don the Dante thing. <laughs> can he hit uh, free? He was an 82% free throw shooter, so pretty good. Okay, that's a for a for a great shooter. That's a little lower than I thought. I would think, but well, he was a 37% three point shooter. Sure. Like I'm not I'm not saying he's Steph Curry by any means, but I th- <gasps> he's Curry. I think he's markedly better. He would be the best three point shooter on last year's Bucks out of the guards. No, okay, let's think Chris let's forward. Yeah, let's let's not go too so, uh, too far into draft, but because we'll do that next time. But I think that's a little interesting. Um, in terms of minimum guys, 
I think there's going to be some interesting guys. I think that the Bucks are going to be a team people want to sign with, just because yes. like the Vegas mm-hmm. literally has them as a title favorite. I'm not saying like they're going to get, you know, Kyrie Walker or uh, not Kyrie Walker, Kyrie Irving to sign here on the minimum. Like, don't get that twisted. But could they get? <laughs> Why would I do not, that? <laughs> not, not that you would. Not that you would. But <laughs> Why would I do that? I'm not. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could get George Hill to sign here on the minimum. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, he, although he's been known to say things and then go to the Sacramento Kings and <laughs> sign a big ass contract. So he did it with Utah. So he I'm did not that gonna, once. Yeah. Is he going to do it again? <laughs> uh, think about how much better that Utah team would have been if they had George Hill instead of Ricky Rubio. Yep. Um, George Hill also frustrates me though because he's not the shooter that I want from the Bucks. I want a Bucks guard to be a shooter who terrifies the defense, like like Middleton does. Like Middleton may not be this like crazy shooter, but every fucking time the defense is glued to him yeah, on the perimeter. They gotta pick like, him up at half court. That's oh. that's what they need from the guard position. Like Middleton, like I and I think that they're gonna be like. That inside, they have that that great inside-out offense that got exposed because they don't have that d- dynamism in the playoffs that we saw, and that inside-out offense is going to continue to lead to regular season success, even if they don't get Hill and Miritich back, and they have the same starting five. And then DJ Wilson's a bigger contributor, and Dante's a bigger contributor, and Sterling's a bigger computer contributor, but like. That's it, it's not going to be they'll you know if Kawhi Leonard resigns with the Raptors like they're not going to like that's like I'm looking to the playoffs already next year I think that's we can we can do that now right we can do that they're basically none of it matters as long yeah. as Giannis stays healthy and Middleton stays healthy that's yeah. what you're looking to get out of the regular season home yeah. court would be nice but it's not yeah. essential i don't even need 60 wins because i i'm not sure they're gonna get 60 next year if they keep if they rest guys as much as they did last they, year but they should be a 55 plus win team and that and i'm if fine with not, that if they're not that then i would getting the 60 wins was awesome and it's done i got the banner i don't care about that anymore <laughs> i want playoff success and so i'm already thinking about like the very little things that are going to matter in this and i'm already scared of bledsoe and i'm already scared of brogdon the fact that lopez rescued the guard guard position or i'm sorry hill is sticking with me a lot right now and i'm worried that like people are maybe undervaluing his play I think they can improve like, do you think Bledsoe can improve and not suck? Because <laughs> I don't. Th- I think it's really tough for guards. I think it's so much faster, and you have to make so much better decisions. Like we've seen a lot of guards struggle their first couple of playoff rounds. Like Kyle Lowry, Damian Lillard had a really good first one, but he really struggled his next few, and then he sort of turned it on this year. But he yeah. wasn't that great after the first round. Like I think it's really tough for guards. Look at you defending Bledsoe, thinking he and, could be a better. I think that like Kyle Lowry is a good case. Kyle Lowry does a lot of small things well. And I think Bloodstone needs to understand that it's not just you can't you can't coast, you can't rely on athleticism in the playoffs. Maybe you can against the Detroit Pistons. You can't do that against the Toronto Raptors. Um I have a list of some free agents that I had put in an article, just sort of guys to talk about. Um here's some point guards. Darren yeah. Collison, Corey Joseph. Patrick Beverly, Thomas Sadoransky, Isaiah Thomas. Um, 
I don't necessarily think that any of those guys are coming in and giving you everything that George Hill does. Patrick Beverly yeah. probably does. Um, Corey Joseph and Darren Collison are pretty good. Collison's get a, a great shooter. If you get any of those guys for the minimum, I would feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, particularly Corey Joseph and Darren Collison are a little older, so that's mm. more likely. Patrick Beverly's a little older. Um, but it, like, here's the thing. People will say those guys are pretty good. Pretty good guys don't get like seven million a year in the NBA. Most teams don't have seven million a year to offer you. Like you either get the minimum or you get like a four year fifty million dollar deal. But they don't usually give those to guys in their thirties that are okay. Yeah, Ersan Ilyasova. Ersan Ilyasova got basically two for fourteen on a mid level exception. There's oh, only thirty mid level exceptions. You're but right. I, and I, there's not even that many because a bunch of them are the tax mid-level exception, which is half as much. Yeah. Um, and, and, we, we, and he was our biannual exception, though, wasn't he? No. Was uh, Brooke Lopez got the biannual exception. Oh, he got the biannual. Okay. Which the is biannual, biannual exception. Is, uh, it's, it was like $3.4 million. So it's, okay. not, it's not really even that big of an exception. Well, it's gone it, now, so can't use it again. <laughs> so well, next year. Yeah. Biannually. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> Glad everybody could learn something from this podcast. Yeah. If you learned one thing, it's what biannually means. Um, <laughs> and just to run through some stuff, uh, you might think, oh, it's a great idea. The Bucks should trade Eric Bledsoe this summer. Can't do that. Uh, yeah, Eric September? Not right. eligible to be traded until September 2nd. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Don't even bother talking about it because you can't speed up the clock. It's still. I saw be somebody say that they should matter. let Bledsoe go so they can sign Jimmy Butler. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no. Just con- no. Just con- why? <laughs> just convince Jimmy Butler to not do anything for the next two months <laughs> instead of signing. Oh, is this I'm sure he'll want to do that. Is this the yeah. MLB where guys just wait for a contract <laughs> yeah. two months into the season? Yeah, we'll <laughs> just do that. So okay. that'll be fine. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Um, I tweet out the cap graphic a lot, just like what it looks like. It's the one that Frank Madden made. Um, if you don't have that, ask me for it on Twitter. I have it favorited, so it's easy access on my phone. Um, you can avoid looking kind of silly online by just referencing that. Um, yeah, and and to be clear, like w- nobody wants to be like an elitist where you're like, where like you don't know, like with with people who just come out and say like Chris Middleton is not worth the max. I mean. In a vacuum, no, he's probably not. But if you consider the max to be reserved for the, only the best player in the NBA, then Chris yeah. Middleton is not the best player in the NBA. The NBA but is hard capped. It's like if you like, remember that there's going to be forty plus for, in between forty and forty five players in the NBA on the max next year. Yeah, Chris Middleton's probably one of the best forty to forty five players in the NBA. Yeah, is he worth forty million a year? No, no. no. Do the Bucks have many options? No, they do not. No. Um, if you have any questions about the cap, please reach out to me or Bill. We will yeah. try and help. Absolutely. Me in particular, my DMs are always open. I'm basically mm-hmm. always on my phone because I don't have very much to do with my life. And uh, so that's always <laughs> okay. out there. I, I, I do have a handful of people who regularly DM me cap questions. I'm not a genius by any means with it, but I know more than the average person. So I'm very yeah. helpful. Um, and if you're, if you yourself are trying to get like educated on it, the, the Coons got the, the, what, what, help me. It's, with the, the, I think it's Larry Coon. Larry Coon. CBA, Larry Coons, FAQ. 
and it's super helpful guys like i learned everything i did there and it it probably took it's taken me like the times i've looked at it, i probably looked at it like i don't know 25 times in the last like couple years for a total of several hours of maximum read time with some notes that's it and that's like and i garnered a lot i needed to know especially with like uh, the mid-level exception and the biannual exception and uh, taxpayers and non-taxpayers and the Stepien rule that we were talking about earlier and stuff like that. It's really, it's, it's, I don't know, it's really interesting stuff if you're in. And I really, podcast, want, I really want to stress that we're not trying to come off as elitist, but when you say things that are totally misinformed, we like have to call you on it. Just yeah. Because, like, it's how the NBA works. So, like I can't really have a conversation with you if you don't understand why the cap is going to be this way. I'll explain the cap to you. But like I can't, I can't explain to you why they can't sign Steph Curry this summer. It's not just because he's under contract somewhere else. It's because the Bucks <laughs> physically cannot that, offer him that much money. That is a quick Google, uh, yeah. Google search. So that I'm less forgiving with. But uh, so, enough about the the Buck the World uh, goes to school uh, segment, but goes to cap school. <laughs> but um, anyways, I mean we've kind of bounced all over the place, but you know, the, what my main objective, like if I was the GM, you know, here armchairing is to really just bring back all the successful elements of the team. I, I could last year. And especially knowing that it's really hard. It, you can't, it's so much harder to do anything fancy because you already limited yourself by extending blood. So you can't really do anything fancy. If you want to, if you want to bring back Middleton, there is no room for fancy things. Like there, if you didn't have to bring back blood. So as well, and you were just trying to bring back Middleton, you could have gotten a little fancy, but you can't do that anymore. And we need Middleton. We do. There's, nobody else that we can sign and also retain the support players who's going to bring the same level of impact as Middleton. Like there, it's not really possible. It's not, the team would be worse as you said earlier, and we can't have the team being worse. We, for one, why do you want the team being worse? But <laughs> for the other, you can't because we need to keep Giannis here. Like, come on. It's really that simple. On, on like pen and paper, I think there was about six players that were better than Chris Middleton entering free agency this summer. Just like my rough sort of spitball yeah, type you, thing. Are you talking about like in a vacuum or even in fitting a vacuum. with? Okay, on the because then there's the on the Bucks conversation. Yeah, and then there's the who fits better on the Bucks, and then like yeah. it's easy to talk yourself into Kemba Walker because he's an all star and he scores a lot. Clay Thompson, his efficiency isn't that good. Clay Thompson. I think Clay Thompson's a great fit. I think they yeah, would miss his playmaking a little bit. So Clay Thompson, perfect fit. Kemba Walker, not so great. Um, I still think Kemba I, would probably be better than Bledsoe in the playoffs because you can't we, really be worse than that. I but. think he would be, but we're comparing yeah. him to Middleton. So yeah, okay, yeah. I think yeah. there's six players better than Middleton. Okay, two of them suffered injuries that are going to keep him oh. out all of next year. And, so now there's four guys. So and those injuries. <laughs> and I think there's one guy that would really be worth it, and that's Kawhi. And then you have guys like Al Horford. I think Al Horford's probably better. Um, it, it's close. Um, it's hard though to do. Campbell that, Walker, but, yeah. Kyrie Irving, and Kawhi Leonard. So I think I think those are the four guys. Yeah. Um, it sort of gets tough after that. Um, in terms of getting cute this summer, I don't think there's a whole lot of room. The Bucks there, don't have a ton of assets. No. I think they could do. I think they can make a really good pick at thirty that could end up being a contributor. For, for, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I thought not? this I thought this was 
like the worst it's, draft. It's not a great draft, but I think there's. Is guys it a bad draft, draft? Top? Is it bad on the top and then okay on the bottom? Like mm. it's bad. I wouldn't really say that. I think the guy that they're going to get at 30 is worse than the average prospect at 30. But okay. that pro, that player can still turn into a good player. Uh, the yeah. Bucks got Malcolm Brogdon at 36. They got Sterling Brown at 46. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, at, uh, the real impact, the cool things that you can see this summer are the Bucks signing really good guys for minimum contracts. And when I say really good, I mean guys that are better than Pat Connaughton, who's fine. Guys that the Bucks would have to pay $11 million a year for normally. It, back like in 2008. They, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they did for most fam- most recently, most famously, their worst, their worst Bucks contract was the Miles Plumley deal that we talked yeah. about. But, and yeah. um, uh, <sighs> I don't even want to talk about that. I'm still kind of mad about it because I remember it's asking, still on the books too. I, I, We're still paying for Spencer Hawes. I I remember asking Alex Lazary, like I said to him on Twitter, "There's nobody else that was offering this," and he was a restricted free agent. He says, "You don't know what's out there," and I said, "Literally, there were two teams with cap space, so I do know what was out there." Like, was was it the was it the Hornets? No, like I, could they have been the other team? Like, if, I think if, it was literally the Nets and the it was somebody that was really bad. Um, what did he end up getting? Like Fourteen million per year? I don't remember. Twelve? It was four years, fifty-two million. <laughs> I don't know exactly the escalations <laughs> and de-escalations, but so bad. He was our third-string center. I mean, he he looked like he was being primed to be uh, fashioned into the the starting center, but yeah, you're right. I I, I think John Henson was better than him, and it, it was dumb when you already had extended John Henson. I don't understand. I don't. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why Charlotte took that contract. Like, thank you, Charlotte. Thank you. But yeah, let's move on from that. <laughs> uh, so I think we'll see somebody like, like one of those point guards we listed. Maybe a uh, Darren Collison signed for the minimum here. I love Darren. That's a Collison. really. That's a really good player to get for the minimum. Yeah. We might Wait, see. Wait, does a he play? Do let's let's factor the one thing we haven't really discussed. Like, let's factor in like. Mike Budenholzer's preference as a player. We we can see it. We can we already saw his preferences sort of shape moves. Future Buck season. Mike Scott checking in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but but maybe. Um, no more big men. We're good. We're good. We're good. Aside from dumping Tony Snell or Urson, is is there like any trade you could even see out there? Like they wouldn't trade Sterling Brown or DJ Wilson, would they? There's there's a world where they do trade some of those guys, but by God, the return has to be like something we wouldn't expect. It would be something like like that would fit on the Bucks team well, like that. Little I would Marcus imagine it, if if uh, you know if Horse God. Oh no, stop, dude. That would be kind uh, of fun. at him at center. Yeah, him at center next to Giannis. Uh, he he turned into a pretty good defender. How many threes does he take? I don't want more mid. I don't want mid rangers. Oh, I know he he's okay at it. Did, wait, did he stop shooting the mid range? No, I think actually San Antonio shot the most mid range shots in the league. <laughs> yeah, I know they're going backwards as an offense, but yet like Pop is cannot be put under fire. It, it, oh yeah, even though he made one of the worst <laughs> trades of all time, wanting Demar Rosen, Demar Derozan. Kawhi Leonard for absolutely nothing. Lamarcus Aldridge attempted half a three a game last year, and he shot four <laughs> percent. Yes, sign him up. Get him no. in here. 
No, bud, you do not. The only thing you take from Pop is his winning ways, not his coaching anymore. I I think he actually shot a career high, or he blocked a career high number of shots. Okay, he blocked 107 shots last year, so he's basically a rim protector now. Um, So Lamarcus Aldridge. (laughs) Wait, what? So let's uh, get Lopez, except without the shooting. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a great move. Really, everybody wins. A smaller Lopez without the shooting and the cool personality and without being able to say splash mountain he's on the he's on the books for 50 million in the next two years lamarcus yeah whatever dude the trade kick san antonio now. lives in its own oh wait. freaking bubble the, now the last year only has seven million dollars guaranteed that's actually not that bad mm. yeah. Yeah. but i think oh, well. there is as for what you're saying i think there is a world where like horse god is working the phones um i, I, I don't think there's anything out there well, it, yeah, I mean, if somebody else calls him regarding something and they work out a deal where they can get a piece that, I don't know, like is more than the sum of its parts, as in, you know, because DJ is still sort of a work in progress. I, I really hope Bud actually wants to play him more. Um, I'm I'm not sure he will. I hope he will. That's kind of that's mostly why I want Urson moved. Because I think there's a lot of room for for some DJ Wilson, and you know Dante looks like the perfect sort of offensive piece the Bucks need, which is this. This he's a pretty good defender too. Yeah, Wilson. and you know I think he's got some un like I I think he's like a better prime to be a better version of God. I hate to do the the white guy comparison thing, but uh, prime to be a better version of his teammate Pat Connaughton. Um, but. I don't know. I think that they like, do you see this? Okay. Let's say this, this squad comes back the same, uh, except for Hill and Miritich. And then they like get Darren Collison. And then that's the team. Is that like, I, obviously they need to fill in it's the gaps. The same team. Yeah. Are you, do you think that that team is like going to win a, can win a title? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess, well, if Kawhi stays with the Raptors, uh, man. They can beat the Raptors, yeah. You think so? Yeah. Everybody's going to be a year older there. They got, like... Oh, so Fred Van Vliet's going to turn into <laughs> more of Michael Jordan? No, oh, but, great. like, all their big men are old. Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka. Like, are you going to rely on Kyle those Kyle Lowry's Pascal getting up Siakam's there, too. like, the only guy that's... Yeah. Kyle and Lowry's 34 or something like the that. The thing is, like, the likes of Norman Paul, Fred Van Vliet, and Siakam, they could all get better. So I, I don't know. Like that's why I'm. That's why I'm sort of panicky. I don't think Norman Powell can get better. <laughs> what is he like? Twenty six. He's he, yeah. He's twenty six or twenty seven. He's like a twenty four year old well, rookie. He could be more consistent. So I think that's who he is. Um, yeah. I don't. We can do sort of predictions for the rest of the East at a later point in time once we know a little bit more. Maybe we can assess it again after the draft. Sort of th- what their free agency needs are. Maybe like an Eve of Free Agency podcast. Um, so our plan, we'll just sort of, you're good to wrap it up, right? I think we're about done here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really much to be said. Bring back Middleton, bring back Lopez. Uh, bring back Brockton if the price is reasonable. If yeah. It's, if it's if, not, see if you can get a little cute with some of this stuff. And yeah. uh, 
maybe get some guys for some like four million dollar deals under the cap or something what, like that. What wouldn't you match for Brogdon? What wouldn't you match? Anything that would impact me not keeping Brook Lopez. Okay, so that so that it's not a dollar amount for you. It's I mean at this point they're going to luxury tax if or it, whatever. If it's, if it's over twenty million, I probably wouldn't match it. I just don't think he's ever going to be a twenty million player. But um, it's it's like seven it's like seventeen or eighteen for me. But yeah, it, that's about the same really though. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is operating a vacuum. You're right. I, I and like literally, I proposed a trade that was Snell for Etwan Moore just so that we could cut three and a half million dollars off and save that um and and it expired a year earlier but nothing about the cap really matters next year so um oh another fun fact for you no matter how much they spend this summer they'll still be able to afford Giannis's supermax next summer great cap um doesn't matter they could have literally 170 million dollars on and be like way over the tax and they could still supermax Giannis. That's just how it works with bird rights. Do you think that, um, thank God for bird rights, but do you think that that's in the Larry Coons fact as well? If y'all are curious and want to look exactly what bird rights means. Um, but um, I don't remember what I was going to say, but I do know that I am hesitant to, I wonder how committed they are to the, to you know going and paying the luxury tax and because because you know there's no way like they're they not going to be that deep into the luxury tax this year though well and they'll then... have to pay but i'm but they'll be probably thinking you, you know after they they signed Giannis yeah. super like the what is what is it called the uh it, it doubles so the, the multi-year repeater tax. repeater tax that's what the state probably they're probably scared of but that's only if you're in the tax for more than three years oh, oh okay i thought than... It, it, it's not just the second year you're in it, I don't think. I think it's like you have to be in it multiple years. I might be thinking of baseballs, though, actually. I don't know. Uh, but so. I do think that is a worthwhile point. I don't think it's necessarily going to matter because I don't think they're going to get that deep into it unless they would make a trade. Um, the Yeah, you got to remember that they got some stuff coming off the books. Like they're yeah, not going to have. and Urson. Hawes, Ursan, um, Snell will come off the books before Giannis's Supermax kicks in. Um, he'll pick up that player option. You know that. But his, Snell's picking up that player option. Giannis is already under contract for that year. Oh, oh yeah. The Supermax yeah. is an extension on top of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, we're going to do a draft pod Tuesday night, so we'll try and get that out to you Wednesday morning. We got uh, my friend... Uh, Gabe Esquivel at All Day Sport Talk on Twitter coming on to help us break down some draft prospects and just sort of talk about you know what the Bucks could get at thirty if they keep it, if he thinks they should keep it, that sort of stuff. Um, so we'll come back to you then. Uh, for now, I'm Alex Juno at Junes Fishes on Twitter. Uh, hit me up. Love. I'm close to breaking fifteen hundred followers. Love my followers. Uh, flex <laughs> but and then we got my friend bill canzanieri uh at is it at bill canzanieri yeah it is um on twitter um so follow us we'll br keep bringing you great tweets great bucks content uh but until then we'll see you next time